0: Please join me in praying. Father, as we open your word, please speak to us. On a morning like this, we come with different burdens, different thoughts, different things going on in our lives, different places in our relationship with you. But wherever we are, we ask that you might have a word for us, that our hearts and minds would be open to receive. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. So, something that I have discovered firsthand by having children a girl, then a boy is that they are different. Their brains don't work the same. And a number of years ago, as my first boy, so I had a girl first, and I watched her grow up for her first five years, and we had a boy. And watching him grow up for the first few years, I wanted to record what I believed was going on in their heads when they were two years old. And so I want to show you, this is what I believe was going on with my daughter when she was two years old. After quietly getting out of bed, once the clock said seven, even though she'd been awake since 5.30, she tiptoes down the stairs, gently goes into my room, and stands there quietly, patiently waiting for me to wake up. And when I wake up, her thoughts are something like this. Flowers. I want to cuddle with Daddy and watch a show. I love Mommy. What can I do for my Daddy today? My doll needs a snack. I want to clean that up for Mommy. Oh, my diaper is wet. Maybe I should use the potty chair next time. Pretty birds, I want a color, I want to paint a picture for mommy, I love daddy, I love the dog, pretty dog. Where's the dog? I love mommy, pretty dress, I'm gonna help daddy with dinner. I love daddy, I love pretty flowers, I love Jesus. Now my son. Hello world, I'm awake. Change my diaper. I wanna play with the iPad. I think I'm gonna bounce today instead of walk. I hurt my knee, ow! I wanna go up. I'm gonna use my outside voice all day long today. Where's my water? Where's my other water? I need something to make noise. Why are these pants on me? (laughs) I wanna do it myself. I wanna play with the iPad. I wanna play with mommy's iPad. Ooh, look at this switch. It goes up and down and up and down and up and down. Those are my toys, ow, that hurt my finger. What happened to my water? I'm gonna repeat everything that mommy says today. I want the cat, I'm gonna pull the cat off the couch. I'm gonna sit on the cat, ow, the cat bite me, ow. I need the iPad, where's the iPad? Cat, did you take my iPad? Change my diaper, what's that in my diaper, oh. I want to watch a show. I need to watch a show. I want to watch a show on the iPad. I want to watch a show on this iPad while I hold the other iPad. I fell down. Kiss it. No here. No there. No here. Where's the cat? Oh no. The cat is gone forever. (gasps) Does the cat have the iPad? How did these pants get on me again? I don't want to take a nap. Can the iPad take a nap with me? Mmm, where's my blanket? Ooh, why does that blanket taste like that? Ow, I bit my finger! Where's my sissy? Where's my waters? Where's the cat? I'm gonna jump on the cat! I am not tired. You're tired. I am not tired. The cat's tired. I love my iPad. Pretty sure that's what he was thinking. You know, boys and girls definitely have some differences. There is no doubt, but I will tell you, and I wanna talk about something this morning that is the same. It is the same across gender. It is the same across culture. It is the same across time. Every culture at every point has dealt with this question. Is there more? Is there something else? Every culture has asked this question. And there's lots of answers. From gods, to ancestors, to karma, to magic, to spirituality. There's all these answers. But it's the same fundamental question Is there something more? That's the question I want to talk about this morning. And first, I want to do this. Why? Why is that question so fundamental? Why do we find it everywhere from cave walls to scrolls to oral traditions? Why is that question so significant? Open up your Bible if you would to Mark chapter fifteen, or just follow along. Sorry, Mark chapter sixteen. Mark chapter sixteen. Here's what it says: When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? All right, here's the first reason why this question is so profound, why everybody's asking it. Because everybody dies. There's always been death. All right, so I want you to think of this, kids, think of your favorite color right now. I want you to think of your life as a line of that color. And you're going along this line. Every one of us, we're going along this line. And at some point, there is a line that crosses over our line, and it's the end of our life. From our youngest children to the oldest person in this room right now. But what happens the older you get? The closer you get, the more you wonder, does my life matter? When I stop breathing, is that, I mean, is that it? Or or is there something? Can I go past that line that cut my line off? What would be past it? Every culture has dealt with death because everybody dies. And how many of us want to know, is this it? Or is there something else? That's one part of it. Keep going. Verse four. And looking up, they saw the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. Here's the second thing that is true. There are unexplained things that happen in our world. There are unexplained events that take place here, as they're walking in, going, Oh my goodness, how are we gonna get this gigantic stone out of the way? Oh, it's already been moved. And there's a glowing young man sitting inside. Every culture has dealt with unexplained things. And here's what I know in this room right now, I know of at least two doctors. One's a medical doctor, one's a PhD. And I know both of them study the body. Both of them have a really good idea about how things work, at least as much as we can know. And yet, there are studies done that have shown an impact of prayer on healing. And both of those doctors believe in prayer even though they can't explain it. Because this whole idea of things happening we can't explain It's not about how smart we are. It's about the fact that things just happen and we're not sure what that is. And every culture has looked for explanations. The reason we have gods and we have ancestors and we have karma and we have magic and we have spirituality is because everybody dies and we want more and we wanna know, does it keep going? And because there's all these unexplained things that do happen. What do we do with these unexplained things? Well, here's the problem. All right, 2019, I think, is the year of movies. Anybody looked at the movies coming out in 2019? It is a crazy year. So it started for us with How to Train Your Dragon Part 3, which we've been waiting for for like 27 years, and it finally came out. But you've got... Frozen part two, you've got Toy Story part four, you've got the the Jedi movie coming up, Star Wars. Um, I mean, it's just over and over, there's all of these movies that are coming out. I think the one I'm most looking forward to, I'm going to see this coming Saturday, Avengers. Oh, I can't wait. Just can't wait. But... My daughter and I are standing in a store the other day and up on a TV screen is a preview for Avengers. I hate previews. My daughter on the other hand is exactly the opposite. I love, she loves previews, she wants to watch them. Even when we're like, we're getting ready to watch the movie at home, she still wants to watch the preview beforehand. She loves previews. I can't stand them, I'm like I don't wanna know anything. And here's part of the reason I don't want to know. Previews typically give you just enough information so that you don't know what's really going on. I mean, have you ever noticed you watch the preview and either, and this is the worst case scenario, they should never have made the movie just the preview. Like, everything good was in the preview. Like, that's awesome, oh my goodness, what was this movie? Or it's just enough to go, well, I think this, no, I, uh," there's not enough information because you've got a two-hour movie that's been encapsulated into a 30 seconds. And it's just scenes, often without even dialogue. It's just enough to go, there's something there. But it's not enough to go, this movie is about this. That's what we were getting. We kept getting previews. We kept getting these things that are unexplained, like, well, that's more than natural. Like that can't just happen, but I don't know what that is. I experienced something, something divine or spiritual touched me, something. But it's like getting a preview where there's not enough information to really know what it is, so what do we do? I mean, I'll tell you what I do after I see a preview, those few that I'm unfortunate enough to actually see, I start making up what the movie's about. I start thinking about, whoa, I can't wait for this part, No, that's gotta be happening, because there's not enough information to actually know, but I've seen something, and I gotta do something with that information. Now, what about when somebody goes and sees the movie, and then they give the spoiler? Don't you just love spoilers? Especially on the movie where like, it's something really big right at the end, and they just tell you about it? Like, I guess I don't need to see that movie now. You see, when you see the whole movie, all of a sudden, you have a perspective on what's actually going on that the preview could never have given you. Look what happens. Back into our text. And the angel said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He died. Jesus died. That line, I think Jesus' color was blue, because that's my favorite color. He's on that line, and then it got bisected. He died. He was in the tomb, not breathing. So he crossed over. Now, that's not that unusual. Every single person up to that point in the history of mankind has died. They've all crossed over but there's something different with Jesus. He has risen, he's not here. See the place where they laid him. Go, tell the disciples and Peter that he is going before you. There you will see him, just as he told you. See, here's the difference. He crossed over, and then he came back. He went over here and actually saw the more. He saw what this was, what it is that you pass over. It's no longer a preview for him. The entire movie he has seen. And then he steps back. And he gives us a spoiler, not a preview. You want to know if there actually is something beyond? You want to know what all of these unexplained things are? We have it answered definitively in one who went there and came back, one who saw it and now steps back. And what the angel says here, there you will see him just as he told you. You see, Jesus didn't actually have to die to know. However, the fact that he did and came back is evidence to us, but he already knew He already knew what held the more. He already knew what was past that line. Everything that Jesus taught, we can trust. Because he died and came back. And if he can do that, what is it that you can't trust him on? He knows. So, here it is there is a more. There is something past that line. There is some way to explain why there are things that happen in our world that we don't understand. There is a spiritual realm. He's gone into it and come back. And this is what he said about it. How many of you have had some difficulties in your life? Just raise your hand. We need some participation. You had some difficulties, you struggled. How many of you have had something happen you really, really wished would not have happened because it was so hard? Good? (laughs) I want to tell you the spoiler for the more. This is what we learn from Christ. Beyond that line, there is an eternity where God dwells right in the midst of his people. Not not just a spiritual thing where you are hoping to kind of feel he is there or sometimes you're like, Lord, where are you? He's there dwelling with his people. Not only that, when he does that, this is one of the most beautiful images in the scriptures. It says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. No more pain, no more sickness, no more heartbreak, no more loneliness, no more struggle, and the opposite, peace, shalom, love, hope, purpose, joy. That's what's on that other side of that line. I have a question for you. Do you want that? Do you want that picture, that place, that lack of struggle and peace and hope and joy? Because if you want it, he actually tells us how. A young man once came up to Jesus and he asked him this question How? Do I get eternal life? That's our question, right? How do we get that thing? I mean, you went over there and tell us about it. I wanna get there. I don't wanna just know it's there. And this is what he told the young man. Obey the commandments. All right, so here's what we know. There's a more. It is a beautiful, wonderful reality. And we have a plan. All we gotta do is obey the commandments. So let's just see how we're doing. Um, I've got 10 questions for you. Let me just give you one. If you have never lied in your life, you never lied to a parent, you never lied to a friend, you never lied to the government on your taxes, you've never lied. Would you go ahead and just raise your hand so we can see kind of where we are? Oh, crud. (laughs) We're not doing well. I got nine more questions. We haven't passed the first one. What in the world are we going to do? Hey, kids. How fast do your parents drive on the toll road? Anybody? Yell out a number. How fast do you think they drive? 50, 60, 100. That's probably talking about Stewart and his Corvette. All right, so the speed limit on the toll road is 70, and probably most of the parents are driving somewhere around 75 or so. How fast do you think the fastest person has ever ridden a bicycle? Throw out a of number, kid, kids. 25, 15, 200, oh my goodness, 35, wow. Hey, guess what? My son at 200 is the closest. Because I just want you to imagine the picture for a moment. You're driving along, you're doing your 75 on the toll road. Here comes Stuart and his Corvette, he drives right by you, because he's doing 90. And then there's something coming up behind you, and it is coming up, I mean, fast. In fact, it's coming up on Stewart, fast. And as it goes by, it's a bicycle. And there's a lady on this bicycle, and her name is Denise. And Denise goes, hi. "Hi." And then it's vroom, and she's gone. The fastest a human has ever ridden a bicycle is 183 miles an hour. September 16th of 2018, Denise Cornick set the new record. How in the world is that possible? (laughs) Here's how it's possible. In order to get that kind of speed, you have to have something in front of you that blocks the wind and creates a pocket Not only that, the bike she's riding, the gear is so tight. You think of a 10-speed, when you change gears, the harder it gets, the faster you can go once it gets going. The gears are so tight, you can't actually start from a stopped position. However, you ready for this? She gets attached to a dragster with a big shell around on the back And she's in this shell, and the dragster gets up to 100 miles an hour, and then she begins pedaling and detaches. And from 100 to 183, this lady pushes up to that three and a half minutes, and she has to stay within this pocket because at any point, if she moves to one side or the other, I mean, you can just imagine what that's going to mean. But I mean, this lady is on a bike pedaling behind a dragster and she gets up to 183 miles per hour. But it is not possible without that dragster in front of her. There is no way she could do it. The only possible way for her to get to that speed is to be within the pocket of that dragster. It had to go before her. It had to create the way that she could then get there. That is what Jesus did when he died and he rose again. He created a way that was impossible. Every person in this room, even the youngest people in this room, can't raise their hand to say, I've never lied. That whole commandment path is not going to do it. What Jesus did is he took all our sin and he took it onto him. And when he died on the cross, all of that sin was judged. It was finished. And when he rose on Sunday morning, we know by his resurrection that the sacrifice he made was completely accepted by the Father. God accepted that sacrifice. And he rose to new life, and he goes before us. You wanna know how to get to the more? It's not fulfilling the commandments. And you know what, too many of us, we are still trying to do it that way. Because here's the thing, we live in a culture, and it's not even a culture, it's humanity. How many parents have heard this phrase? Me do it. How many of you heard that phrase? And even before they can make that phrase, you know that's what they are thinking. So here's what was happening with my first child. My first child, and I think all parents probably relate to this. You you are just like, you've got the camera out and you're going, come on, get on those knees. Come on, let's crawl. Oh, oh, and you're like clapping, you're excited, you're everything. By the fourth child, you're hoping they don't crawl till they're like 10. (laughs) Because here's what you know about kids. The moment they start crawling, and ours just started doing this, our eight-month-old, he can now move across the room. And the moment they start doing that, you know you cannot leave the room. Because what do they do? You walk away, they look around. Oh, the fireplace. And there's a fire. Let's go. (laughs) That's exactly what they do. And you're like, oh, no, come back over here. Stop that. And you put them over here. And you send them over there. Oh, look, there's a pencil on the ground, and it's sharp. Let's go over there and eat that. They're like, no, come back over here. Would you get over here? Would you trust me? But our kids don't, do they? Let me help dress you. No, I got this. Me do it. Maybe you should try doing your homework beforehand. No, I got this. What happens the next morning right before it's due is they're scrambling and You know, your curfew is this. I don't need to come in at that curfew. I can come in much later than that. I know what I'm doing. But then again, does it stop, parents? We keep doing it, right? It's not just when we're little. We still keep doing it. We trust us more than anything else. And even when we come to Christ, we still keep trying to do it we still keep thinking, if I just do a little more, God will listen to me. If I didn't do those bad things over there, then God might have heard my prayer. We're still trying to earn it. We're still trying to go the way of the young man obeying the commandments as if God, as if Jesus didn't do enough on the cross. That somehow we got a supplement The next time you're struggling with it, I would ask you to think that way. Do I really need to supplement what Jesus did on the cross? Is it really not enough? But here's the thing. You wanna go to the more? It's one thing. Trusting Christ. Trusting that he paid the penalty for your sin. Trusting that when he died, all your sin went with him if you will trust him. That when he rose from the grave, that the life he has is the life he wants to give to you. And it only comes by attaching yourself to him, by staying behind him, by following him. It's not about what you can do, it's about what he already did. So I have a question. Please don't raise your hand. Please don't say anything out loud. Have you trusted Christ? Truly. Have you trusted him? If it is true that he died, that he crossed over and he knows what is there. And he said that's exactly, he would do it and he would come back, and he did. Will you trust him for your eternity? And I'm not asking you right now to understand everything. I'm not asking you to say, oh, everything's gonna be great if I just trust Jesus, life will be perfect. It won't be. This isn't about making everything perfect. This is about knowing that my eternity and even my life right now can be truly impacted by Jesus Christ if I will trust him. And so, I'm gonna stand still so it won't make that noise. That's gonna be hard. I don't stand still well. If that were one of the commandments, I'd break it all the time. Even standing still, I'll just stand real. I'll be like a statue. I want to give you an opportunity to do one of two things. I wanna give you an opportunity to trust Christ, or I wanna give you an opportunity if you have, but you feel like you've fallen away, to reaffirm your trust in Christ. And to do that, I wanna ask everybody to bow your heads. If you are here today and you really have never trusted him but you absolutely want eternity, you want to know what's gonna happen when you die. You want forgiveness of your sins. The things that you have struggled with you can't get off your mind and heart. He offers that forgiveness. I'm gonna ask you to do something. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna say anything. But I'm gonna ask you, if you wanna trust Christ and you never really have, would you raise your hand? now, if you are a believer, but you've fallen back, you haven't been living in trust of Christ, but it is what you want, will you raise your hand to reaffirm your trust in Christ? Heavenly Father, for those here who are placing their trust in Jesus for the first time, Lord, come into their lives. Let them know right now they are forgiven in Jesus. Whatever it is they have struggled with, the sin that has weighed on them, they are forgiven in Jesus. And there's an eternity that awaits them that is solid and sure and everything that we talked about and that now they can follow Jesus. And for those that have reaffirmed, Lord, would you wipe away the guilt, wipe away the struggle. Let them know right now that on the cross, Jesus paid it all and there is nothing left and that they can come to you clean, that your arms are wide open, even as the father embraced the prodigal son, that your arms are wide open for them, that they are loved, and that you are so overjoyed to be with them. And Lord, may all of us, no matter where we are, May we know the love and joy of our Savior. Not because it is perfect or because life is perfect. Not because we don't make mistakes or the church has not done some awful things. But because we have a Savior who lived a beautiful, compassionate, perfect life and who died for us and rose again. Thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.